Well, hello and uh, welcome to my latest um, podcast. First thing I need to say is it's been quite a while since I've been able to do one of these recordings. Um, so I'm sure there's been many out there waiting to hear what's been going on in the world of um, prepared to answer. Um, what I would say um, is there's been plenty going on as always. Um, I've recently started a master's in biblical studies and apologetics. So there's lots of studying going on, lots of learning going on. Lots of new ideas going on. I'm reading a lot of particular books at the moment on from C.S. Lewis and various other books. Incredible just um, thoughts and ideas at the moment and obviously keen to, to share them. Um, but the specific topic I was just going to cover today, just a, a question actually, is following a recent talk that I've done for Freshers Week. Um, it was on apologetics and the question was, um, is there clear evidence for God? So is there clear evidence for God? The topic of this podcast was going to be, is there sufficiently clear evidence for God? Um, and the title of the slide, so I want to look at this, obviously it's a good topic for students um, who are up to start university, maybe brought up going to church, maybe not. And just of our postmodern culture, it's very much based on naturalism, um, based on the idea of relativism. Um, whatever you think goes for you, if it's Jesus is right for you, that's fine, but it's not right for me. Um, and just lots of um, competition out there in terms of worldviews, which is a big thing that I'm, I'm looking at at the moment. But again, the question was, is there sufficiently clear evidence um, that points towards God? Um, and obviously my argument is that there is sufficiently clear evidence. Um, my slide was, there's sufficiently clear evidence for those who have an open heart and mind. As the point I made was, it's possible to reject just about anything if you don't want to follow something. Um, obviously, if you could do anything to reject, a, you know, a proposition or evidence that appears. You could reject anything, essentially. Uh, but yeah, the point was there is sufficiently clear evidence. And what I looked at was the idea of clear was um, like in a court of law, they talk about um, circumstantial evidence, which relies on an inference to make a conclusion. Um, so what I wanted to look at in my talk was there's sufficiently clear evidence. And what I mean by that is there's evidence that is testable that's verifiable and I would claim is objective. So you can look at this objectively and see whether this evidence points in the direction of God or not. Uh, the evidence was based on prophecy. Uh, it was based on, again, a prediction of the future uh, and whether that event took place or not. And what I wanted to subject the prophecies to was criteria. Uh, I looked at five proposals, five pieces of criteria. Um, what I wanted to look at was things that I felt you needed to prove to basically show that the prophecy was accurate and that it was it was stood up to the test essentially that someone had in this case God had predicted the future and it and it took place just exactly as he said it would. Uh, I looked at previous prophecies by people like Gene Dixon, Nostradamus, the Oracles of Delphi. One of the clear, clear themes that came out with many other prophets of the past was they gave occasional prophecies that came true. In some of their cases, maybe one the first time. But after that came many vague prophecies, particularly with Nostradamus, where they're very, very non-specific. You could apply them to just about any event in history. Uh, but that wasn't the case with the Bible. So the criteria for the Bible prophecies was, could I prove that it was written before, in this case, a messianic prophecy? So could I prove that it was written before Jesus came? The second thing was, um, could I prove that it was written about Jesus? Was it specific enough? The third thing was, is there evidence of fulfillment? The uh, fourth thing is, is the evidence from an unbiased source? And then the fifth thing is, could Jesus have fulfilled it himself? Knowing the prophecy was about him or someone, did he then go on and fulfill it himself, deliberately so? 
Uh, and what I looked at was Isaiah 53, Psalm 22 and Daniel 9. I'm not going into all the details now. Please drop me a line. Drop any comments or, or you know questions you have about any of the prophecies that I maybe won't look at right now. But what I did prove from the, the three of the three prophecies was they were all proven to be written sometime between about 400 and 700 BC. Um, many people will contest that. But what I could prove is from the Dead Sea Scrolls, which have been carbon dated and proven to be somewhere in the region of about 100 to 200 BC. Uh, probably long, uh, earlier than that because they're just copies. So um, what can I say? We can say with certainty that these prophecies were written before Jesus came. Look at the prophecies themselves. In Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. It talks about him being pierced. It talks about him being silent before his accusers. It talks about him being uh, put between two criminals on the cross and buried with the rich in his death, which is the grave that he was put in, Joseph of Arimathea. So there's specific details that meant that it could only have been about Jesus. Surely no one was pierced on the cross and at the same time remained silent. Um, and then the other details of course as well so we looked at that and we looked at the fact that it could really only have been about Jesus even the Jews accepted it as a messianic prophecy and then what we looked at was well it was then was it fulfilled as I said it was well the details are in the New Testament the specific details about them events is perfectly fulfilled and again the, the details are in the New Testament about what took place and we did look at the credibility of the writers of the New Testament the principle of embarrassment the fact that they um, stood by the details even to the point of death. And many of them did die for the details that they gave. Um, but above all of that, and the bit that we really like, is the fact that there's evidence from an, uh, an unbiased source. Not just an unbiased source, but evidence from a hostile witness. So we looked at several historical figures, historians in many cases, who wrote about the events that were prophesied. Um, people like Tacitus, um, People like Josephus, um, the Jew, Jewish Talmud, um, the Toledef Jeshu, who talks a biography about Jesus. So many references, Phlegion, uh, many of these references that wrote about the fact and confirmed that Jesus died on the cross. That it was the time of Pontius Pilate that he suffered death on the cross. They were all against Christianity. They were either Jewish or Roman. And therefore did not support Jesus by any means. The last thing they would want to do would be support and build up the, 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 the movement of Christianity. So they were very much against Christianity. But yet they support the details of the prophecy. Now the last one, this is rather ludicrous in many ideas, is could Jesus fulfill these events himself? And we just basically came to the conclusion that's utterly impossible as to how he would decide he was going to die, where they were going to put him um, before he died and what they were going to do with him and that none of his bones would be broken and then where he'd be buried as well. That's outside of his control. And the last one we looked at, Daniel 9, was when he would actually come, which is an incredible prophecy which we'll go into again some more detail again. But again, the prophecies just prove, and again, they're verifiable, they're testable. It's been written down. God wrote them down for a reason to show us, to show people who want to know that he's there, clear and direct and, again, testable evidence that proves that he is the one that can tell the future. Um, God has done this deliberately to get our attention, as I say, to, to verify his word. Um, well, the thing I just said, I finished off the talk with, well, okay, so God has given us his word. He has shown that he can predict the future. And Jesus was, was foretold, foreknowledge. It was predicted as he said it would be, would be done. Um, so what do we do then? Well, just like Jesus said to those who doubt it, he says, seek me and you'll find.
put me to the test essentially and you will find me. So it's just a quick update just on what I've been doing. With the, Again, I'll come back with much more in terms of the prophecies. Um, again, there is sufficiently clear evidence that God exists if we want to look for it, but we need to have an open heart and an open mind. Um, it's just good to be back again. I'm going to have many more um, of these coming out soon, obviously regarding the, the current masters that I'm doing as well, which we're looking at worldviews, looking at morality. Um, which is very exciting stuff. Please drop me any questions, comments, anything that's been on your mind at all um, to these. And you'll also find these on my blog, which is www.preparetheanswer.wordpress.com. Uh, preparetheanswer.wordpress.com. You'll find it all on there as well. Uh, please check that out. Um, and um, again, drop me any, any, any thoughts or comments you have. Many thanks for listening today, and I'll be back again with you soon.